This is Daizenshu EX, the podcast, episode 205, for the week of January 17th, 2010. Welcome to Dyes and Shoe X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dyes and Shoe X. <laughs> Thank you. It's different when I can't point you in the same room and expect you to follow my cues. <laughs> we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mike Vegito BX. I'm the ringleader of the circus. Over here to my right, we got Mary. How you doing? Howdy. You're coming off of a cold and a birthday and now too much coffee. Yes, I'm How's crashing. I'm you? crashing down, coming down. <laughs> Joining us over the luxurious benefits of Skype and the internets. Luxurious? Uh, yes, it's luxurious for me because I can sit back and talk to people. It's amazing. That's our buddy Corey. What's up, dude? Uh, not much. Uh, like I was saying before, it's the end of another weekend, so... Here we go again, halfway through January already. Do you have uh, tomorrow off on Monday? No, no, I haven't had uh, MLK Day off since I worked for the local government, which was back in like 2004. Ah, I'm so sorry. We're rocking a long weekend here. Hey, there's always the uh, possibility of calling out for a sick day because I haven't (laughs) done that since last April. Nice. You're more than entitled to do so at this point. I think so, too. Nice. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, It's a Sunday afternoon as we're recording. I had originally scheduled us to record Friday night probably with Julian. He said he was going to be around. But then I noticed he was still up around 4am his time. He's been having some wacky sleep schedules. And uh, then we went out and did an early dinner for Mary's birthday and we've just had crazy time. So here we are Sunday. I'm hanging out sitting around. Mary's here. I said, hey Corey, come do the show with us. <laughs> and Corey said alright, but first I need to go grab some caffeine. <laughs> so oh we got God, Mary coming no more down. Caffeine. No Corey's more. going up on caffeine. I'm just <laughs> middle of the road. I'm cool for now. We're going to have an interesting show. It's going to be very, very mini topics because our recording plans were shifted around. So it'll be pretty casual, pretty hanging out, just talking about shit. That's how we uh, like to roll here. Uh, Stuff. I don't really have a whole lot of stuff or housekeeping to talk about. I will toss out there that over on my personal site, which you can hit up at just vegetoex.com, I do have a blog there, slash blog. I've been putting up some interesting DBZ-related things. Some of them are very meta about Daizenshu EX, and some of them are just things I've seen around the internet and deal with and I think are interesting. So if you're looking for some commentary stuff that you're not getting here on the regular site... That might be a cool thing to uh, tune into. Mary, just going over some of the past topics, do you have any like immediate gut responses to things that have been posted up? Oh, gosh. Just that I pity you <laughs> and the shit that you have to read and go through. I'm well, sorry. Well, thank you. That's why, I mean, I don't go on the internet. Right. To avoid those feelings and seeings, because I can't ever unsee some things. <laughs> That's true. Corey, I think you've read one or two of the things over there. How, how are you feeling? The same way? Just pity for the internet? I just want to know if Fusion will make you faster at reading the form, because, <laughs> I mean, obviously there's a lot of shit you have to wade through, and I think that could be a useful skill if you could acquire it. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're I'll welcome. look into that. All right. Other than those couple thoughts, I mean, you can go read all that. Not really inside jokes. It's just, oh, God, the things that are on the internet. Um, we're working our way through a few kinks on the form. It did recently go back up. A nice little transition period is necessary. Just send us an email if you're having any problems with accounts. Uh, I know a couple people, certain things were unchecked 
in and just gave him a little bit of an issue, but we're working our way through it. Lost is working really hard on just throwing up some uh, hacks and other things to work around stuff, so I am very, very appreciative of that. You can go ahead and rock with the, what, like 26, 2700 registered users there. It's pretty crazy. That's it. Anyone got any random shit before we hit the news? Mary? No shit. No shit. Corey, you got any shit? No shit at all. All right, let's talk about the news. There's only three bits of news. It has been a really slow last couple of weeks in terms of news, but we've got a couple things here. First up, these Kodotan Pack Dragon Ball Kai CDs that are coming out uh, in February. For those of you who don't know, we've talked about them on the show a little bit, but they come and go, especially cancellations. These Kodotan Packs are budget-priced compilation CDs, usually only like five or six tracks. Uh, they'll contain music that has been released before and they'll just put them out to kind of cash in on stuff. There was a Kai Kodochan pack announced last year. That was cancelled. Then we get a whole bunch of other CDs. Then they announced three more, uh, each with different titles. There's Goku vs. Vegeta, Goku vs. Ginyu Toksentai, and then Goku versus Frieza. Well, we finally have track listings for all three of these. They're all coming out in the same day, mind you. And as I predicted here on the show, they're all songs from that previously released Kai Song Collection disc spread across these three mini CDs corresponding to the story arc that's in the title. So the Goku versus Vegeta one has, for example, Over the Star and the opening and ending, that kind of stuff. The Ginyu one has, obviously, the Ginyu insert song. And then the Frieza one has that recent only a chilling elegy Frieza insert song. So the only new material you be getting at all is one karaoke track per CD. First one's got Wind Tough Fight, second one's got Chaser, and the third one's got Ultra Super Dragon Soul. So if you already have that Dragon Ball Kai song collection CD, you'll be getting no new music. This is probably the first time, God, in a couple years that I'm not getting these new CDs right away. Even with picture books, I feel like I get nothing here. Mary, you, <laughs> I know your perspective where it's don't spend money on stuff. Right. Especially not stuff that's already out in other areas. It's yeah. just a waste. I feel like the only benefit there can or would be from these is if you don't want that full song collection, you only like one song. But I feel like you could get a CD single or what? Corey, what are your thoughts on these Cordojan packs? Uh, I mean, I see where you're going with it. I guess if someone wants a segment of the series in terms of the actual background music, I mean, this would work. But yeah, if you've already bought the uh, bigger packs, I don't really see any reason to buy them again. I mean, it's kind of a uh, reminiscing of the uh, Z collection that were released over and over again because you had, you know, the actual hits collections. Then later on, you had the complete collections and then you had the big right you know what 13 disc box that they released yep yep for for double the price these are about 15 16 bucks you double that you get the kai song collection which has everything that's on all three of these so i feel like you save money by buying that one disc as opposed to these three even coming with a little picture book i don't know i think this is a little too much for kai uh they're cashing in it's one of those things i mean you're seeing it a lot over here also, you know, the uh, double dips, the triple dips. Right, throwing, right. Like, throwing the one solitary extra that you get and try and just milk it. Yep, yep. Alright, moving away from these, I'm not picking them up, but if you guys decide to pick them up, definitely take us some pictures, let us know what you think about them. Next thing here, Mary, do, do you like clothes? Do you like t-shirts <laughs> with anime's characters? 
What's up here? Okay, well, Uniqlo, I guess is the name of it. Uniqlo, Uniqlo, There's a licensing deal to put out t-shirts in France, Russia, the UK, Hong Kong, China, Singapore, Korea, and the US, actually. And these new clothes are going to be coming out in the spring. There's no word on how it affects the awesome stuff that's been coming out by Cospa in Japan and Funimation sub-licensing as well. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of clothes get yeah, out. Yeah, this worldwide thing, that's really weird. You go over to Cospa.com, the stuff they put out, some people on the forum were putting out pictures. There's this awesome Namekian one where along your elbows and stuff, it's got those, I don't know, they look like elbow pads that Namekians have with the lines and stuff. Because we have different definitions of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I say awesome is, as in, oh, that's cool to look at. I would never actually wear it. That's my fair, definition fair of awesome. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, are we going to get that kind of stuff or what's it going to be? Is Funimation not going to be able to do their own? I don't know. Is Anyone seen Dragon Ball clothes in stores? Only at cons. Yeah. I've seen them very rarely. There is a, uh, there's like a little anime store actually near my work that I'll go to because sometimes they'll have like deals on stuff. And sometimes since they're like a mom and pop place, they'll get stuff before street date. Mm. But they've got some shirts there, but I want to say it's the same shirts I've seen since like I was back in high school. Yeah, I know. It's the same stuff. I think there's just boxes of them sitting around places. We have boxes be. of shirts sitting in our basement yeah, waiting we to give do. away. So it's people like us who just have boxes and they just Pretty sit much. there. And we'll get rid of them in a few years. All right, last bit of news, and this is the sad one. Isamu Tanonaka has passed away. This was a Japanese voice actor. He passed away on the 13th of this year, this month, January 13th, 77 years old from a heart attack. His main role was the father of the main character in Gegege no Kitaro. In terms of Toriyama stuff, he was Gara and Dr. Slump. In very, very minor roles in Dragon Ball, he did BBD. That's not Babidi. Babidi's father, BBD. And Raichi, who was one of the two fake Namekians. So just some bit parts here and there, but it is another voice actor that has passed away. Now, we actually got details on this. Usually, Mary, you were looking up at um, Ayazawa stuff about Nana, and there were things like, oh, she's been ill, and there's no real details on right. why they're the ill or what happened. Mysterious mangaka illnesses. And I feel like we had that with um, the singer Zard. It wasn't really a, a group. just became her, but when she fell down the stairs and she was in the hospital, we didn't really know what happened. At least here we have, it was a heart attack. So we know what's up. Sucks that another one has passed away. These folks are getting old, 77 years old. We're not going to have them all forever. That wraps up the news. Uh, We're going to transition here now into two very, very minor sort of topics. Because, like I said, schedules got shifted around. So right now we're going to go over to me talking with Kaboom about power levels. So filling in some good material on the show here because we're really lazy with our topics this week. Bring on a uh, friend of the site in the show. Actually, uh, moderating on the forum too, which I am eternally thankful for. Anytime. Mr. Kaboom. Hello. So I need to talk to you about battle powers, about power levels real quick. Because as you've heard on the show and we talk a little bit on the site and little things here and there, you can tell we are not interested in these in the least. <laughs> And when we were talking about them on the show, we had Heath and Jay from Constantine. And even though they did a big section about battle powers on their site, collectively we're all like, yeah, we really don't care about this. But we do know that there's a huge, 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 huge group of fans who really, really love this stuff. And it's years later and they still have conversations and tons and tons of threads. I know you're into this. So I have to ask you, as someone who is intelligent, why do you like power levels? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, in the original story, I mean, they served their purpose and they did it really well. Uh, they helped to, you know, differentiate how, you know, the uh, martial artists from Earth viewed and, you know, treated Key as compared to, you know, Frieza's space thugs who saw it in a more, you know, literal, right. straightforward way. So uh, nothing really wrong with them in that. But insofar as, you know, people, you know, bring it even further and, you know, making their own lists post Frieza. Right. I don't know about anyone else. Maybe other people do see it as like some sort of contest, you know, like a internet manhood swinging sessions. I gotta say, that's that's how I always see it. It's always, this is the best, most accurate, because I've done this research and I'm pulling this in from this place. Yeah. And, but it, it seems so speculative that that's what drives me away it from is. it. But I guess that's what they love. The way I see it, it appeals to my artistic side. Okay. It's almost as if, like, you know, I'm just, like, telling the story in, like, a different narrative manner. I, you know, I like to figure out these numbers because it's, it's fun. And it's, like, it's all, it's almost as if, uh, like, I've been given a picture, like, an already existing picture, and then, like, I have the privilege of, like, splitting it up into pieces and making a puzzle out of it. I see. So you're, you're being artistic in your, I'm collecting all these things and doing it in my own way. Yeah, all right. Okay. That's how I see it. That's how. Well, that's why I dabble in it. What about other fans? Do you think they're doing the same thing? Or because you mentioned yourself that it's kind of like an e-penis contest. Do you think <laughs> a lot of people do it the same way? What's up with that? Uh, I know a lot of people do. I can't really speak for anyone else. Who knows what's going through other people's heads? Right. I know. We're putting words in their mouths here. Yeah. And I don't want to do that because, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that's... uh. I don't know how much more I can say about it. You know, it, it, it is does become like a contest for a lot of people. Let me ask you, do you think that because the way the series started here in the U.S., uh, where we just had a constant replaying of the first two seasons, and then, even, and then even as season three began, we were still that hugely focused area where they yeah. were relevant. Do you think that played into why American fans seem to like it so much? Yeah, the whole, you know, scouters, numbers, battle powers did kind of, you know, get drilled right everyone's skulls right and and the fact that the dub also uses you know the general term power level for everything mm, okay even, you know from characters who wouldn't normally refer to it as that that probably didn't help either i got you okay that makes sense you know when you know it's in the boo arc and you know people are still saying i can sense his power level from here you know Mm, all right. That's going to like create a notion that these things still exist. Right. And I mean, they do in a yeah. way. I mean, it's not like they don't go away. The concept doesn't exist. It's just that they don't refer to it necessarily in the same way. And, you know, even even since the series has ended, there's have been other stuff that have, you know, contributed to the whole figuring out battle power stuff. Like even the super exciting guy just had, you know, it supposedly gave us like figures for Super Saiyan 2 and Super Saiyan 3. I know. So it does seem like even the Japanese are latching on to it again in a way that kind of gives the American fans more stuff to fuel their own fires, which I guess works great if, if you want it. That stuff is out there for you to branch off of. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Now, I, I know a little bit more. I like your artistic perspective where you're putting this puzzle together and that kind of works. No problemo. So what, what do you have to say to all of your power level loving fans out there? Have fun? Yeah, have fun. It's all for fun. All right. Good deal. Don't think too hard about it. All right. Well, thank you, man. No problemo. Anytime. So hey there, Mary. Hi, Mike. Back to uh, just you and I for a little bit. Yeah, we're going to cover something very odd that we've been meaning to talk about for a while. It's kind of quasi-Dragon Ball related. Not so much, but it involves a well-established and well-loved voice actor. 
This actually came out on January 25th of 2009, so it's about a year old now. I'm sorry. Getting around to it now. Oh, well. <laughs> that's right. That's okay. It's probably something that's not on people's radar. I don't think people are itching to get the review for this. No, no, no. But it's uh, it fits in well with this episode where it's, all right, short little conversations about a couple things. We'll toss them into the episode. It'll be fantastic. The CD Japan listing for this just calls it Seiyuni Naro Voice Acting Studio, and it is hosted by Ryo Horikawa, otherwise known as the voice of Vegeta. It's really kind of the most basic voice acting coaching by example and practicing and uh, what else would you call it? What do they give you? It's like voice acting 101, I guess, with various techniques. Activities yes. and things to do. Like, we'll give you a scene here, and then we'll give you the script, and then we show you, oh, this is how we adapt the script, little red markers and that kind of stuff. I mainly picked this up because I was able to get it for cheap, and Horikawa is the host of it. Oh, maybe he'll show you how he does Vegeta. I don't know. It's kind of a stretch in that respect. But I picked it up. We started started watching, I think we watched about 20 minutes straight, and then I went into fast-forward mode. Because it is completely raw Japanese, no subtitles whatsoever, so, I mean, we're not able to completely follow it. We can follow the examples. In some respects, I don't know that we were accurately following them, like that girl on the ground with a book on her stomach. I have no idea what that was about. What do you think? Maybe they were trying to expand her stomach by flattening it. <laughs> with books. I don't know what was up with that. Or maybe strengthening her abs. They were explaining probably everything you've heard American voice actors talk about uh, conventions and panels and stuff, how they change their voices and really try to project. Something that I really liked on here was when Horikawa was simply saying nani or what, but in different ways, like more of a question. Angry, angry happy. Exactly. That was really interesting. One of them you could totally hear. I think this one, all four, were very clearly a Vegeta-style voice. For the record, though, he doesn't do the Vegeta voice formally on this thing, nor do we see any scenes of no. Vegeta. So that was a little sad. That was a little sad. There was a scene of an anime that they used as an example of dubbing anime. They went through things like simple narration versus dubbing anime, um, doing commercials, that kind of stuff. I don't know. What were your overall impressions on this disc, though? It's a little under two hours in length. We ended up fast forwarding a bit through it. So what's your take on it? Is it useful for anyone? What do you think? Well, I have no aspirations to ever be a voice actor, so I got nothing out of it except uh -huh. for a couple of chuckles. Mm -hmm. It was very Japanese. Yes. I especially like the illustrations of body parts. <laughs> right, right. And character faces showing like the different nose types and what kind of voices you get depending on what kind of nose you have. Right. And that's how I interpreted that part, not mm -hmm. that it had subtitles. It was nice reading katakana. I and I caught it kind of hiragana again, like a e u a o. Right, and going through the alphabet. How to go through these different sounds you're going to make, just practicing warming up your voice to really enunciate that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we had fun saying the alphabet. Yeah, it was, it was pretty amusing, and I could not take it seriously. No, no. Even though it was Ryo Horikawa. It's like, oh, okay, there he is. So, super, super amazingly insane fanboys should pick it up. If you're the biggest Horikawa fan on the planet, you're probably, I mean, I was amused by a couple little lines he did here and there, like, oh, he sounds like Vegeta, that's really cool. But beyond on that, there's nothing Dragon Ball here for you. Right. So we should not dedicate more time than we need to All right. about this. There you go. It was a cute little DVD. It's going for about 27 bucks on CD Japan right now. It is Region 2. It's single layer. So if you know how to work around that kind of stuff, you can pick it up. Starring Ryo Horikawa. A year late, but... 
Hey, I, I guess that's the sort of review. It's more like a, uh, hey, we saw this. Yeah, we, yeah that exactly. exists. It that's exists. It's there, and he's aging. All right, Tara has decided we are done with this review. So, Mary, we're going to turn it back over to the previously recorded show. It's going to be you, me, and Corey. We're going to talk releases and emails. All Let's right. Go. We are into, well, it's still January. There's not a whole lot coming out. I'll take the first one here. January 29th. It's a Friday. Dragon Ball Kai DVD Single Disc Volume 5. It's going to be episodes 13 through 15. The DVD, remember, is 16 by 9. It is cropped in standard definition. 2940 yen MSRP. CD Japan's got the pre-order for 2800 Amazon Japan has the pre-order for 2176 So uh, a better deal over there. We still got a couple weeks in January, so I will hold off on the February releases. As we scroll down here, oh my god, a lot of stuff coming out. So let's just uh, skip on down to some emails. Corey, as our special guest, uh, I make you read emails. What we got here from Nick? All right. Nick says, isn't it unusual that in the last few episodes of Dragon Ball, Kamisama and Piccolo Jr. speak the Namekian language, yet in Dragon Ball Z and GT, all the characters, parentheses, Saiyans, Namekians, and other aliens, all speak English. Yet this inconsistency doesn't really make the Dragon Ball series any less enjoyable to watch. One thing I will put out there, they're not speaking English. They're speaking Japanese, <laughs> which is also a crazy moon language, but that's fine. <laughs> um, no, it doesn't make it any less enjoyable, but I will put something out there. You go back to chapter 252. Moody is um, actually speaking Namekian to Frieza at first, and Frieza responds, Look, I know you can speak our language, so talk to me in something other than Namekian. <laughs> So I feel like Toriyama did sort of carry that through. And then we do see with Purunga, when you make a wish, you have to speak in Namekian. So I, I don't feel like he totally abandoned that. But Mary, I'll ask you, what do you think that the entire universe all speaks Japanese? That's like that for any show ever or cartoon. I know. Coming That's from the an, way it is. I got to ask you, coming from an X-Men perspective, do they all speak the same language or are there different alien languages? There's different ang- alien languages. Like the Shi'ar language and the Cree language and okay. scrolls and all that. Oh, God. <laughs> You're allowed I'm to sorry. know stuff. Nerdy stuff. It's okay. I could follow that. I knew what she was talking about. <laughs> That's fine. We have people who know all this stuff. I'm the only one who has no other nerdy interests. I'll take it to another level at least. And they could have possibly used this, but, you know, Toriyama's Toriyama. Right. Uh <laughs> You know, like in uh, Star Trek, because I did watch Next Generation when I was younger, and it is one of my forbidden pleasures. Uh-huh. Uh, they had the ability, like their, I want to say their communicators or something like that, actually had like the ability to translate for them. Ah, okay. So at least, so it kind of made okay. Hey, we've got a hojillion number of races, but they all speak English. No, it's the computer translating it. It's like at the UN where everyone has their little headsets on; they're all being translated on the fly. Yeah, there you go. All right, perfect. <laughs> Moving on. We had an audio email here from Shinobi03. It was super, super long, though, with snippets from the show. And really, he was accusing me of messing up voice actor names for Kame Senin from one episode then to a later episode. And I know English isn't his first language, but I love it because when you listen to people from other countries speak English, it can sound like they're being confrontational when they're not being at all. So I'm glad that I know these people and I don't take it as, hey, Mike, what the fuck? 
step up. What's the problem? So, what the problem was, was that I misattributed some of the names. We're talking about Kami Sanin with Kai, uh, and then Kohei Miyuchi, of course, has passed away, and we had all these different changes. And I messed up the name of the one that I like with the one that I dislike. Ooh, poser. And my answer, it's not like you to be so sloppy. I, I know, and that's what he's saying. My answer to this question is twofold. One, when you have half a dozen different voice actor names in front of you, and a beer or two, you make a mistake. Oh, you lie, boy. That is my out for this. Thank you. That, that's all I have to say. We have an audio email here that I'm going to play from Will. Will is asking us about a voice cast changes. Recently, I found out that an anime I'm currently watching, going into the second season, was going to have a different English voice cast, similar to how the ocean dub of Dragon Ball Z was transitioned over to the current cast in the middle of season three. My question is, why is it even necessary to switch casts at all? I can't think of any other show in Japan that has mid-season voice changes. And yet, when it comes to dubs, I can think of several anime, Dragon Ball Z included, that have had voice changes. I don't understand. Why is it that the Japanese can have consistent voices, but dubs of shows over here in the West seem to have difficulty with this? What prevents us from doing the same? Corey, why don't, why don't you try to answer the question first? What I've run into from what I've you know seen growing up loving cartoons over here just as much as from over in Japan... Uh, you tend to have a lot of changes in terms of staff, whether it be the executives or, you know, uh, directors and so forth, that sometimes they want to change up who's voicing the characters because they, in their mind, have a different depiction they won't heard. Or you have, you know, contractual issues where, you know, a certain uh, voice acting house, I guess, is less expensive. So they switch over to that to try and, you know, cut the overhead on the production of the show. I mean... There's a lot of different things, and that's not even taking into consideration, you know, when people become ill or when people pass away, which would, of course, vacate a spot on the cast. Right, right. And you're basically describing a little bit there what happened with Dragon Ball was where after Saban left as the distributor, Funimation is just sitting there with a show and kind of no money. Barry Watson was flying up to Canada to work with Ocean Studios. Well, they don't really have the capacity to do that anymore. That was one of the reasons why they went with a new local cast for season three and beyond. Is we can't keep going up to Canada to do this. And then, mm-hmm. especially today, you're talking about, well, who's left? Viz and Funimation. Funimation picked up so many Genion shows. If they're going to do a season two, well, maybe that voice cast isn't around anymore. Maybe they're contractually obligated to do something else in the meantime. They can't. It seems like they're trying to be consistent. Uh, I know with Evangelion, they brought back some of the more significant voices for the dub of, was it, Ava 1.0? What did they call the movies? Rebuild of Evangelion? Is that it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's just Evangelion 1.0 was the one that came out. Then they had 2.0 that came out here recently. It might be called Rebuild, but I can't remember if that's what the uh, Platinum releases were called. Oh, that's over. true. Well, I think they were just Platinum. Well, uh, uh, it's no, so confusing. Ava's just as bad as Dragon Ball. <laughs> the point is, when Funimation got the new movie, they tried to bring back some of them. Obviously, they can't get everyone. Some of them may not even be into voice acting anymore. We saw this for Dragon Ball over and over, where Ian Corlett decided, I'm not doing really the acting anymore. I'm going to pursue this other stuff. He actually just released a book recently on ethics for raising children. I mean, these people move on with their careers. You pull it over to the Japanese side of things, Will almost infers that this doesn't happen in Japan. Well, 
we've been talking about it constantly with Kai. We don't know why some of these people aren't doing their traditional roles. We have people like Kenji Utsumi, who plays Shenlong and plays some other characters, doing Shenlong, but not those other characters. Like, all of Ginyu Tokusentai has been replaced. We don't know what those reasons are. These people haven't passed away. Some of them may even be involved in other capacities in the show. They're just not doing those particular characters. Is it money that they're holding out on? Is it uh, that they're part of different studios and management companies now? We don't really know, especially with Japan, where they're so vague about everything. We never really know what the answers are. Yeah, because you don't have like the uh, out and out. You know, people will come out, especially with blogs and so forth over here, and just kind of say, hey, you know, one of the things you run into a lot is uh, union versus non union. Yes, yes, great ones. Yeah. Like, I remember. Throwing back about, you know, six or seven years ago when they did uh, the Cowboy Bebop movie. Yes. I remember there was, there was a big deal because the show was a non-union production, but the movie, of course, was going to be union. Well, it turned out to be the same people because they were all using pseudonyms on the uh, show. Right. But people were kind of sitting there shaking in their boots going, well, shit, we're, you know, accustomed to this cast and everything. What's going to happen with them switching gears like this? But it turned out to be the same people, just different names. It was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek thing where they would come out. I remember uh, Stephen Bloom, I think, came out and said, oh, yeah, you know, we sound exactly the same, but <clears throat> that's not me on the show. <laughs> that's not me, and please stop insinuating it is so I don't have to go to court. Even though the DVD for the movie, it's funny, there's actually an extra where they have him in the recording booth. I, I guess he's like, yeah, when we were doing the show, it's like, you mean the show you weren't doing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I totally forgot about union, non-union stuff. That's a... Another great answer. So those are our emails for the week. Mary, if people have questions, and I don't even necessarily need questions about the show. We want responses to previous stuff like Shinobi Observations. Had accusing me of Mike's wrongness. <laughs> That's you fine. Send anything on over to podcast at com. That's spelled P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. You can also find us on Twitter at DiZX and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DiZX. We make it pretty simple for you. That's right. Facebook has been going great. We just crossed 450 fans over there. That is growing every day. A lot of people commenting, having fun over there, trying to pay attention, like I said, to that and Twitter equally as they both have significant numbers. Very, very happy to have you guys over there. And of course, there is our forum and chat. You ever want to hang out with us in different capacities, it's there for you. Everything's linked off the homepage of the website. I just come and crash on your couch. Yeah, I mean, that's fine too. Um, <laughs> I, I don't invite everyone to come do that, but the option is there for for you, Corey. I mean, you want to sleep on my couch, That that that's fine. We even have beds. We have beds and cats. I mean, it's like home. Oh my God, it's like I'm moving up in the world. <laughs> All right, we are done. That was our quasi-cop-out episode 205. We'll try to get ourselves back on track. Julian not being here is entirely my fault. I take all of the blame for that. Though uh, I, I do think we still need a good microphone for Julian so I can have more free time to edit the show. Coming episodes, what have we got for you? Same stuff I've been saying every week. Martial arts inspiration homages, background music, manga volume 33 coming your way, Trunk special manga versus TV version, jump anime tour, Yamcha episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yamcha TV special. Yeah, the Yamcha TV special, exactly. I love that one. He, he, was, he was wearing this mask and he tore off his suit and he said, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> 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 and he threw a rose exactly. and he saved some chick in a short skirt <laughs> wait a second think I'm thinking of something else yep Mary thanks for joining us thank you 
for having me. Try to recover from that coffee crash. Oh, still got the shakes, man. You got the shakes? Yeah. I think that's the sign of a different kind of problem. <laughs> gonna have to look into that. Corey, thank you for joining us on such short notice to do a show. Thank you for inviting me, and uh, good luck with the getting over the caffeine crash, and a belated happy birthday to Mary. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. For Mary over there. Bye-bye. For Corey, down south. Yep, down south where there's people with straw hats and uh, shotguns. <laughs> Pitchforks. Pitchforks. Confederate flags. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and NASCAR. Lots of NASCAR. For these two fine folks, my name is Mike Vegito. EX. You can find us online at dizen2ex.com. And we will see you next week for episode 206. Thank you for listening to Dizen 2EX, the podcast. We hope you tune in next time. Why am I wearing these extra headphones? I'm wearing <laughs> two pairs of headphones at the same time. Oh my god. Nice. Alright. Maybe you're ready to DJ. Yeah, I am totally. I'm like the DJ hero of Dragon Ball. Oh, God. <laughs>